right, with Roger Edwards uh, from North Carolina, Lucha and the Echo from the Animation Film Festival. Really interesting film. I love in the blog interview, like how you describe like kind of the process. It was a real kind of creative process for you. I guess you started with the script and then you got a team and like you really produced this film, I guess, in the last few years, I guess, right? Right. Yeah, the idea started in 2018. Um, I started writing the script. Um, 2019. Then I spent, you know, most of, well, the latter half of 2019 and 2020 entering it in festivals, kind of see how it played out. And got some pretty good um, feedback and won a couple screenplay um, competitions. And that's what uh, gave me the idea to take it to the next level and make a film. So you're, if you had any animation experience before you made this film? Uh, zero. Zero. Yeah. Uh, I envisioned it as a live action piece. Okay. Uh, but then the pandemic happened, shut everything down. Um, so, you know, I was a little, uh, you know, distracted and sidetracked for a while. A good friend of mine um, contacted me and said I should try um, pursuing animation. Um, he had been binging on uh, some short animations produced by StoryCorps. And he was amazed that, you know, even though they were short and the animation was simplistic, 2D, nothing mm -hmm. sophisticated. None of that Pixar, you know, Hollywood stuff. Yeah. And how they were moving and informative. And I took a look and decided to um, to do that, you know, rather than sit around. And um, so, you know, it turned out pretty well. But it's a longer process, though, right? Like it's an eight minutes animation film. That's a that takes a long time to like hand drawn animation. That's they see like a, that's a long. It's not. It's a lot. It's a lot harder than live action, ironically enough. I guess right. Yeah, it was a lot um, harder for me and longer. Um, I had to really get up to speed to what that process was like. I wasn't hands-on animating myself. I don't have that skill. I was directing an animation team. Um, so brought on an animation team to take my script, and we broke it down, went through it. And they relied on me heavily for how to flesh out these characters to get yeah. their look and feel right. Um, so... That was different, you know, rather than just, um, you know, casting, immediately getting the look and sound of a character mm -hmm. and, and doing that, um, you're working really from the ground up, from the page up. Uh, so there were several iterations of drawing concepts, body styles, facial expressions mm -hmm. um, that we went through until we nailed down what we really liked for each of those three characters because it's really about tone right so i'm imagining this film as a live action film it's a lot more serious just because it's it's human people going through prison and adoption and refugee you know what i mean like it's a very personal film and then and then then the actors will dramatize uh the story but when it's animation like my six-year-old daughter can watch the film and kind of take in what is taking place without being overly dramatized if that makes any sense right that makes a lot of sense yeah. um and that was among my many challenges is that okay i envisioned it as live action i didn't envision it as drama it's a yeah. dramedy so there's dramatic places but i wanted there to be an upbeat feel um because you're you're raising awareness about some issues but mm -hmm. people don't want to be you know um talked over and you know, they don't want a, a pedantic over the top you know lesson in these issues you don't want, want to you don't want to make a political commentary you want to tell a story i guess right exactly yeah so 
when I went to animation, it was really to save money and to get through the pandemic. But I'm learning as people react to the film in the festival circuit, that that element of animation brings in kids yep. and younger people and, and it makes it accessible to them as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that was eye-opening. It's hard to make a film for kids where there's border patrol with shotguns trying to nail down people crossing the border, I guess, right? Exactly. Exactly. But when it's animation, it makes a lot. It may, it just it just it lightens the the tone, I guess, right? It lightens the tone just by the fact that it was animation. Yeah. And then the people, um, you know, on animation team when they bring in the music and bring in their um, art direction, um, yeah. subconsciously they also lighten the tone and make it more upbeat. Yeah, it's it's a really important story. So you're like, what what attracted you to? Because you said it's like been a long process. You went through festivals as a screenwriter. Like what attracted you for the story? Because you spent like the last five years of your life from, from concept. Now you're talking to me and you're kind of promoting the film. So that's another stage, stage of making the film, right? So this is the last five years of your life. So you must really believe in this story, I guess. Yes. Um, <laughs> it, it was a, like a five-year span. I yeah. wasn't working on it. I got gotcha. you. Um, I understand. But still, it's still in your conscious, right? Yeah. yeah. In 2018 is when I was actually working on a, a different work, Latinx themed, um, a feature, more of a drama, mm -hmm. and partially set in Bolivia. But, um, you know, in 2018, I saw those, those things happening at the southern border of the United States, man. You know, the zero tolerance policy and all those images disturbing. And um, so this film was a, a reaction to that. So I decided to take excerpts from that larger work that I was working on, pull those out, give them a lighter, more comedic feel and um, address those issues. Address those issues in a way that, you know, you're not over politicizing and you can pull in others and, and yeah. inform them, you know? The, the macro story, sorry, the micro story over the macro kind of theme, I guess, right? Exactly. That makes sense to you. Yeah. Exactly. People respond, humans respond to an individual journey over, you know, a grand kind of like complicated, you know, you know what I mean? Like government kind of mandate against border crossing, I guess, right? Exactly. I mean, the issue is so complex. I mean, it's it's stumped our politicians for <laughs> decades. Yeah. Um, and no one is gonna. I mean, you can you can throw charts and graphs and statistics and all of that. Yeah. All that stuff is out there. What I wanted to do was tell an entertaining story and show you what it's like at the micro level, mm -hmm. you know, what a little girl feels like when she's yeah. separated from her mother. And that's all she wants to do is just reunite. You know, she doesn't care about all the, all the stuff that's involved in legislation. And yeah. So what is your, so you're like, uh, it's a full disclosure, you're like, uh, you're a, a black man. Am I allowed to say that you're a black man? So what what motivates you to make a story about Latin, the Latinx community? Like, I'm just curious. Um, for a long time, I've been um, attracted to the Latinx community, their culture, food, dance, music. Um, I've been studying Spanish language. I'm not sure why I have that affinity, but I've had it for a long yeah. time. And um, it's like a calling in a sense, or you can call it a calling. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm just drawn to it, man. You know, uh, 
Maybe you have some in, have you done a DNA test? Maybe you have some in your blood. <laughs> I haven't done that. Maybe I should do an ancestry.com yeah. thing and see what <laughs> see I what did happens. one. It's kind of fascinating, right? So yeah. it's like where you where you come from and stuff. Like it's sort of like, oh, okay. I got I got I'm 49% Italian. Oh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> no, but it didn't kind of make sense, you know, why I like spaghetti so much. I'm just kidding, but it's like <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I never, I never thought about that. I, yeah. I, I should probably pursue that because there are similarities between the um, the African diaspora and um, the Latinx. Yeah, that's sort of what I'm kind of, kind of driving at, I guess, in a sense, right? Like the right. being like undermined, I guess, by the by the U.S. government in a lot of ways. Yeah, and um, the oppression. Yeah, and. Uh, I guess, you know, not being treated as belonging um, here. Um, so we, we share some of those, those feelings and those issues, um, you know, with the white dominant society. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we, we share that experience. So I'm sure it's part of it um, that explains the affinity. Um, and worldwide, our our diaspora crisscrosses. I mean, you can go to Central America, South America, you'll see darker skinned folk. So yeah. there's a mixing there. Sure. Yeah, in terms of the United States, it's like, uh, I know there's, there, I, from a macro, go macro, there's been some kind of conflict between the African-American and the Latin community, I guess, a little bit of conflict. And if you guys just like, I'm just being, I'm talking basic, but if you guys get together, you know what I mean? Like you can you can control the political landscape. I agree with you. <laughs> that is one of my hopes. That's one yeah. of my hopes is that we can unify because we, yeah. we we share a lot more than what separates us. Sure, of course. Yeah, we share a lot more. And I think I think I think that what you point out to be, you know, some of those conflicts, I think that's really a small aspect of the greater picture. Sure. I think in whole, we 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 embrace each other. You know, some of that came forth during the um, the George Floyd um, situation. Yeah, um, that brought not just Latinos and African Americans together, but you know, white, red, yellow um, people in general, not just in the states, but around the world. Yeah. So that's my hope is that we will see each other as brothers more than than as. Well, from my from my standpoint, from I think that I think that's happening, right? So in films like this. From a filmmaker like yourself uh makes a big makes a big deal so i'm assuming it's doing well on the festival circuit because it's a pretty it's a pretty great film it's like the animation's perfectly suited for your story it's not over like you know what i mean it's like it's very well done it's very colorful but it's not overly complicated it's just it's telling the story it's serving the story i guess Does that makes sense yes and i'm glad that uh you articulated it very well that's that was my hope um, that was my goal, is to is to make it high concept, easy to grasp, adults, yeah. youth, and and not to focus on on the big picture, yeah, all the the, the complications, just the simple through line, yeah. you know how this impacts um, one family. And that's core. It's a story. It's a love story about mothers and daughters, right? Adopted or or not adopted. You know what I mean? Like it's it's about love. It's about love. Um, it's about family. Yeah. Uh, finding family. Um, it's, it's 
two intertwined stories, um, mm -hmm. one about finding a mother and one about discovering motherhood. Yeah. And um, just like that. The, you you cross your hands yeah and in this audio podcast <laughs> but uh oh, <laughs> oh no, sure. yeah <laughs> but we're just having a conversation that's what happens so basically it's but at the same yeah it's really about like connection i guess it's about like in so many people have, have have a similar story as you describe i think there's uh there's a commonality from from a certain community you know what i mean people who are adopted people who are searching for kind of like figuring out like who they are, like where they come from, I guess too, right? So. Yeah, where they come from, where they fit. Yeah, where they fit, yeah. Mm -hmm. So so you you're, you don't have any animation uh, experience. So did you, who, did you hire a team? Is that what you did, I guess, as a producer and you kind of like set up storyboards and kind of figured out like with your animators, like what was the process, creative process in that journey? Right, um, because my friend had come to me with um, the idea after he, okay. um, you know, had binged out on StoryCorps. I yeah. went to StoryCorps and I was looking at a lot of those um, animations myself. And I scanned the credits to find out who did that work. Okay. I reached out sure. to each of those um, teams, um, but they were, they were super busy. Um, so then I looked around locally, right here in North Carolina to see what animation groups existed. Yeah. There was one like right down the street from me, um, the next community from me. I reached yeah. out to them, sent them my script. Um, they read the script and they set up a Zoom call with uh, their lead animator and some of the other folks on the team. And they just loved the script. Um, they said they wanted, to, they wanted to be involved. I didn't have to really <laughs> entice them. And they excited me. It was contagious, their excitement, because the lead animator said once he read the script, he was already visualizing. Yeah. Uh, scenes and transitions and couldn't wait to get started so is that, so is that claudio, them, they claudio? yes yeah claudio and um roxanne roxanne yeah <laughs> and adam adam hoffman okay yeah they they did it that's their work <laughs> so then they came they came up with this they gave you some storyboards and then they kind of came up with like a, a pitch meaning a tone meaning i guess and and then you kind of approved the direction and the style, or is that how it worked? Yeah, we went to about three iterations where they, um, before they even got to the storyboard level, they were concerned about making sure they drew the characters right. Gotcha. You know? uh, so they sent uh, two or three concepts uh, for me to look over. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went back and forth making notes and we settled on what we've got. So yeah, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's perfectly, it's like sometimes they, the animation is not like suited for the tone of the story, but this is perfectly like it's exactly what it should be, and uh, genius for the for the for the art direction and then the style color design as well, because it kind of it brings up the culture, it brings up the the mood and the experiences of what happens, right? So yeah. exactly, it's great job. Yeah. So tell me about the music and the sound editing too, because that's pretty fantastic. Whoever did that. Yeah, we, we did the same sort of thing. We um, went back and forth with some concepts. Yeah. The, the one thing that I drove down from the very beginning was that um, as far as music goes, we need something that sounded um, like Andean folklore. Okay. So I wanted, I wanted to hear the charango. I wanted to hear the sampona. Those sounds needed to be um, present 
if not dominant, um, because uh, we're dealing with a Bolivian mm-hmm. who um, got caught up in the um, in the immigration situation. You know, most most of us when we think immigration, we're, we're talking about you know Mexico or Central America. Yeah, but this is way down deep in Bolivia. So I wanted that music, which is music that I happen to personally love. God. I wanted those sounds to come through. Oh wow! Okay. So I sent them some samples of some of the bands that I've Andean folk bands that I've um, learned to love. Yeah. They took that and mixed it with some of their ideas, and that's what we've got. Gotcha. And yeah, and it has like a nice like tone, but there's like a it's almost like an Americanized version of that culture, I guess. If that makes any sense. Even the it's almost like her character, like she's she's from that culture, but then she's wearing a baseball hat and she's got her braids, like a you know what I mean? Like she's she's in the Western world, just like the music. Exactly. Is, right? Yeah. Perfect. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now the two braids, that is a very common thing for Bolivian women. Okay. Um, so I want to make sure I kept the braids yeah. and made her a modern, feisty, you know, badass kind of a girl that clings to her culture with yeah. a great ferocity, but is also open to these new Americanized ideas. That's what I felt about the music. Like, that's what I thought the music felt like. Exactly. That was my intent. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, good. So you nailed it, <laughs> or you 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 collaborated to nail it, I guess, right? With some very talented people. Yeah, we resonated and bounced back and forth until we came to what we had. Yeah. Also, we wanted to bring in Elena, who's also a pop diva. So we wanted to have some some modern um, rhythms mixed in with some of those yeah. Andean folk rhythms. Yeah, exactly. So did you were you around for the for the 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 AD or the the dialogue kind of reading or the the voice recordings? That was a, a challenging part too. Normally there's a table read with me yeah. and, and actors. We couldn't do that uh, for a couple reasons. So I was giving direction to voiceover talent by proxy. <laughs> like via Zoom or um via Zoom or via telephone call gotcha. with with the animation team yeah and the animation team they brought in the um voiceover talent auditioned them and we went back and forth i would listen to their audition tape and say hey yeah too much of a mexican accent not enough south american yeah um sounds too much like they have a command of english not enough command of english i had to go back and forth and get those nuances correct yeah yeah, it's you. It seems like it's such an interesting uh, journey of like it's like you're like the master producer, and like you had a vision and you just basically found like these people in your community in North Carolina and other people like and just kind of like put it all together and 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 uh, and made a fantastic film. So congrats! It's like it's a really it's a really interesting story because usually I talk to animators and they're like. They are like they go in the closet for, for for two years and they come out with a theme in a film. They're like, you know what I mean? This is a very interesting uh, process. I don't I don't see it very often. Yeah, I got very lucky. Um, I have to say, um, I found this team that was excited, if not more excited, about the project than I was. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so I'm totally blessed, man. So, what did you think about the audience feedback video that we sent you? Touched. I was very touched. Um, 
yeah, just hearing people respond to the characters, the storyline, having some of them actually explain how um, delicately it walked between making you feel and educating you about an issue mm -hmm. without going too far in either direction. Uh, there were a couple um, audience members that, that articulated that and that made me feel good because I was really concerned about that. Um, so yeah, the feedback was touching. Um, I had to fight back a couple of tears in a couple of places. <laughs> That's good. Uh, but yeah, it made me happy that um, I was able to hit some of the marks. Oh, yeah. One of the main concerns was really how it will be regarded by the Latinx community. I didn't want to come across as trivializing such an important issue of immigration and uh, family yeah. separation by yeah. using comedy and humor. I didn't want to do that. And um, so it sounds like it came over just right. Yeah, you nailed it. No, like I said, it's a really nicely put together uh, animation film. So congratulations. It's like people should know more about you too because you, you have such an interesting story about like how in your bio, how you went to, you got like USC's like, from my experiences, like they make the best student films and you got accepted to there. And then you had the personal matter. You don't have to get into it, but basically like you had to like reject that offer and then and sort of like kind of kill your dreams in a way for the sake of family. And it's like, and it's obviously you're making movies about family, like not just, <laughs> just film, but your other films. So it's like, it's almost like defines who you are and it's like, but you're still making films and, and, uh, like that's a story. It's a, you, your, your story is an interesting story in itself. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Maybe I'll uh, get someone to do a biopic. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it becomes a little but you're right. Yeah, it's always good about me, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, you know what I mean, yeah. right? But like someone will just well, like I'm saying that you can. What I'm guess what I'm saying. I'm just kidding. But is that you're you can see that you're you're in your films, like your your journey and your experiences in your films, right? So yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's who I am. My authentic self is uh, is writing stories that uh, are family oriented stories that that celebrate life uh, and the better things of life and inspire and transform that's what i want to do uh, whether it's a short whether it's animated live action or feature length that's that's where i'm at you know well keep making movies let's talk again when uh you make your next film and i'm looking forward to chatting with you and i'm congratulations on the success of the film i hope it does you very well thank you very much it's been a pleasure One, two, three, four, five.